buddy. Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? So I just saw your tweet. Your dad has the virus? It looks like it. Oh, my God. How is... Are you quarantining from the house? Where are you going to yeah. sleep? Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be staying at my other, because I, I have three brothers and two sisters and something, so I was staying currently with my sister. That does not have it. Okay. So I'm going to be staying with her. Okay, that's good. <sighs> you got to be really careful, man. I, I just want people to know that this ain't a joke. This ain't a joke. And for people that think you can joke with that, you have another thing coming. So. Man. Uh, Who would have thought first your sister, now your father? Jesus Christ. Is your mom worried? That sucks. I'm I'm sure everything will will be okay. So far, no, none of my family members have got it. Thank God. But I can't picture what you must have been going through today, man. Your and and, and and they say stress is not good with this. So try to be as stress free as possible. I am just so lucky that I'm able to work tomorrow. I'm just there, so fortunate. What was your dad working? No, nah, he's retired. Okay. Um, they, so what happened was that okay, my dad. Um, uh, mom, are you okay? You locked the door. Are you locked the door? Um, about a week ago, um, my sister came over, and then she came over at uh, I believe it was Friday, but she wasn't feeling well. We didn't know what was going on. We thought because. I have seasonal allergies, and so does she. We thought, okay, you know, seasonal allergies it happens. But I, I get it. See, I get allergies during the spring and during the fall, so that usually happens with us. So the next thing you know, my sister started not feeling well, then my dad started not feeling well, and then and then back to back. And this is where we are right now, and. I just want to say that this virus, I really hope that this virus flattens. It may, it, this, I hope this virus flattens. I really, this, this is not okay. Um, Where is your dad living? He lives with my mom. Oh, so what is your mom doing? So, um, well, my mom is self-quarantined. Can't go to work now. She's a nurse. Right, right. But why sure. why can't she live with you and your sister? 
sister have been living together for a while. Oh, gotcha. 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 Yeah. And that's why I live in Jersey. With her. Mm. Gotcha. Alright, well, let's let's try to get your mind off this. We're about to have Joey. And then, uh, a little later, we're gonna get on the PS4. And me, Bobby, you, and Julian, and y'all three are gonna get your asses kicked. And I, since I'm that guy, I will be the Houston Astros. For the Astros. You will be the uh, New York Mets. I will be the New York Mets, yes. Julian will be the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Bobby will be the Washington Nationals. The reason why I said no no one can be the Yankees, this way no one argues about it, who's the Yankees and who's not. No one, no one gets disappointed. No one, you know? That's fair. So, but let me try to call Joey now. And Joey, how's it going, man? How you doing, man? Good, good. Joey, what is going on, my brother? What's going on, man? How you hanging in there? Uh, I'm hanging. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. That's what I can, I can say. So, Joey, obviously we're calling right now. We aren't going to be still WrestleMania, so this is going to be our WrestleMania review show. Where we, we get to review each of the matches, and, we'll, and then we'll get to give you, you'll give us your thoughts and what you thought of each match. So... We're going to start here with, I'm going to probably start with probably one of the worst matches, which is the Universal Championship match. Um, I'm not happy, I'm happy that Braun won because, you know, at least the title was visible. But I'm also kind of not happy how the match took place. Like, it was like so many finishers, so many finishers, and barely anything happened. So, I was a bit disappointed. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, I didn't expect much from this match going into it. I, it was kind of self-explanatory. We know the type of matches that Goldberg has. If we've seen uh, his previous history over the last at least two, three, maybe four years that he's been back, his matches typically are uh, spear, 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 and then jackhammer in maybe under a minute or two. Um, this one in particular, with what's going on in the world with the coronavirus. Obviously, Roman couldn't be there, being that he has leukemia, or he, or he has beaten leukemia, but it doesn't leave your body. He still, he still has the, the, the cancer cells in his body, so being around anybody at this point would be a huge uh, risk for his immune system. So I completely understand why he called out, called out of the match. If Roman was there, do you think he would have won? Absolutely. The whole point of this match was to put the title on Roman. That was the entire point of this match. The entire point of the entire point of this match was putting over Roman. That was exactly. So now, when he can wrestle, will he and Goldberg wrestle, or will they wait till next year's WrestleMania? Oh no! When when, when yeah. I'll, I'll go first, and Joey can comment too. Uh, my belief is once Roman is able to wrestle. I think they're going to have Strowman versus um, Roman and Roman being the guy to come over. Joey? Um, 
there's so many different directions that could have gone with this. If you go back a, a month or two to when Goldberg first beat uh, Bray Wyatt for the title, everyone said Bray was buried, Bray was buried. The original idea, the whole the whole time, the idea was to have Roman win the title at WrestleMania, whether it was from Bray Wyatt, Goldberg, or whoever else. Now, the crowd is 110% behind Bray Wyatt. So that would not work if they put the title on Roman at WrestleMania. He would get booed out of the building. They want Roman to be cheered. They want they, they want Roman to be the top guy in the company that gets the most cheers, and it's been difficult. So if you put the title on Goldberg, who beats Bray Wyatt, he obviously gets booed because everybody loves Bray Wyatt. So when this match comes up, Spear versus Spear is how they uh, marketed the match. Everyone wants Roman to win. Now, Roman being out of the match, they replaced him with Braun. Braun won the title. I did not expect it at all. I said on my pre-show and even all over Twitter, I predicted Goldberg beating Braun. Goldberg beating Braun going to face Roman, uh, having that, that power or being looked at as stronger by taking out Braun, who is almost seven feet tall, over 300 pounds. So I actually don't think now we're ever going to get Roman versus Brock, uh, Roman versus uh, Goldberg. No, I don't think so too. Just because now, they took the title off of him from to go to Braun. Now there was a report. Now I want to see if you can. If what do you think of this? See, I heard this from Wrestle Talks on that. The reason being that Goldberg had the talent in the first place was because he wanted to book him beating the scene because he viewed the scene as this monster he thought with his character it would go over and the fans would like like it which i thought was a terrible idea i i i agree with you that it's probably, that is a really terrible idea i don't know if that's necessarily true but what i did read um actually i read it earlier today and it makes sense Goldberg refused to extend his WWE deal past April 5th. So whatever was happening, he was dropping the title at WrestleMania. Regardless. Yes. And there was a report that it was supposed to be Jeff Hardy instead of Braun Strowman. Yes, I read that too. But there's, there was a lot of things that, you know, behind the scenes that were being thrown together for this, for this match. But it all pointed to no way in hell was Goldberg retained that title. I, I I could I couldn't agree more. Now another match that for me kind of was a letdown was the Raw Women's Championship match. And though I'm not talking about Becky retaining, that's not really my issue. Yeah, because you said she was gonna tap out, and she didn't. You slime bucket. Well, well look, I predicted the same thing. Oh come on, Joey. Well, look, here's the thing. You're building up Shayna to be this monster heel. Why would you not have the belt on her? Because Becky's already the monster. You got to keep feeding the beast. Joey? Yeah, yeah, but see, Becky, Becky's not the monster. Becky's actually just the 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 leveled playing field that's just beating everybody. Shayna is the monster. If you look at the matches Becky's had against everyone on on the in the division, they haven't been squash matches. They've been matches that you know. What is a squash match? Squash match is basically when one wrestler dominates the entire thing and it's quick over and done with. Oh. Like they squash them, like they destroy them. Gotcha. 
Um, Becky's matches are not like that. Becky's matches are back and forth uh, to the point where you think maybe her opponent can beat her. Shayna's matches are complete dominant. She chokes people out in, if not a minute, seconds. And they they had her beat. They had her do that to the whole wim- Raw Women's Division in the Elimination Chamber to get that opportunity to go face Becky. If they're going to do that, it obviously looks like they're going to have her beat Becky for the title because they would not have her destroy, literally destroy, in seconds. She eliminated five members of that match, her being the sixth, and she eliminated every single one single-handedly in seconds. They, they made her look like, like, really. Yeah, and the way that, and, and the way that Paul Heyman, um, the way that Paul Heyman loves her, and that was the one that he wanted to work on, and the fact that probably because Vince, uh, Vince felt like he gave up on him, yeah, I read something about that. I wasn't sure if that was true or not, but but I, it had to have been true. I didn't like how I didn't like what what bothered me is I didn't like how it bothered me how um how how Becky won. See, if Becky would have won, if Becky would have said like it was a back and forth, back and forth, and Becky like got like a pin on her, I'd be I can. I can stomach that. Yeah. But to have Becky win on some screwy finishes, that, that bothers me. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the whole, the, the, the roster on Raw, who on that roster can defeat Becky besides Shayna? <sighs> well, I know they brought up Bianca Belair, but I don't know if Bianca is, is seen as a, as a person that can defeat Becky. No. Becky's beating everybody on the roster. So the reason why they had or at least what I believe, the reason why they had Becky get that roll-up pin on Shayna is to further this story. If it was a clean finish, like what you're saying, this is over and done with, this story. But because she got lucky on Shayna, she upset Shayna, there's going to be a second match. And that's probably where I'm hoping we see Shayna win. Because like you, like, like you said, you were disappointed with this match. I was disappointed with this match because, one, I'm over Becky. She's been the champion for a year now since she beat... Uh, Ronda Rousey with a roll-up might I add her two biggest title defense wins were cheap wins so that's that that also raises the question is she the most overhyped champion in WWE today so wouldn't a bigger weight thing to be have them fight again next year's Wrestlemania and then have Shayna win wouldn't that be more drama um, no, just because WWE has a, a, a pay-per-view every month. So their next pay-per-view is in May. Um, that's Which probably going to be a the performance center, by the way. Yeah. Actually, we have the performance center, by the way. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Well, because they're advertising. What, this is what they're doing. They're advertising that Money in the Bank is happening. We know it's not going to be in Baltimore, but they're going to probably have it in, they're going to have it in Money in the Bank. Their hope. What WWE is hoped for is by August, their hope is August, where they can have, they can get out of the Performance Center and perform in crowds. Remember, this is as long as nobody gets sick. If anybody who wrestled in WrestleMania gets sick, they're going to have to shut down. Well, the Miz pulled out because he was sick. 
He just, yeah, it, it wasn't confirmed that it was coronavirus, but he was he feeling was sick. sick, and they pulled him out of the match. So did, you know who also pulled out? So was Rey Mysterio. So was Dana Brooke. Um, Daniel Bryan right now is sub-quarantine because Daniel Bryan, which yeah. I didn't know, he had an autoimmune problem throughout his entire life. That I didn't know. I didn't know that either. That's actually really interesting. And he's been on a lot of shows as of late. Yeah, so, so that, that. that. Now, now, I want to talk about probably one of the better matches. First, but before, because I want to tease the two best matches for later. Let's talk about the triple threat ladder match. That was a really good match. That was what really interesting. That was a fantastic match. Um, the problem I had with it is that, obviously, it's a tag team match. It's for the tag team titles, and one person from each team competed. So that was already, it threw off the dynamic, because it's for the tag titles. The Usos, who are a tag team in that match, they've only ever been tag team wrestlers. They're, they don't know how to compete on their own. So they were already at a disadvantage. So yeah, we're, it, we're, it kind of ruined their stock yeah. for that match, because I was pulling for them. Yeah, absolutely, because Kofi and Morrison have had singles on this core. Of course. And Jimmy has not. And obviously, to me, it's like if you're going to put New New Day and, you know, you're going to put the most athletic guy, you're not going to put Big E. Yeah. You're definitely going to put Kofi. Um, I thought that I, I thought the match was great. I, I kind All right, of table that. Not. What's the second match? The next match, um, the next match that I actually liked was actually the Intercontinental Title match because I liked how I liked the dynamic of that match. Okay. Which one was that again? Uh, what was that? It was it was Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Very good, Joey. What do you thought? What's your thoughts on that? That was one of my top three matches I was looking forward to. For me, it underdelivered just because. Sami Zayn is one of the best wrestlers in the company, probably the top five in the company. And the way he performed is like he doesn't know how to wrestle because he's played the manager role for two years, almost two years. So to me, it was kind of, it was, I was expecting more of a, a, a brawl wrestling match. We didn't necessarily get that. Uh, he did get the cheap win at the end. It was an entertaining match. I love Sami Zayn screaming and agony and all of that. It was a great match. Um, just not what I expected it to be. Now, what was the whole deal with the John Cena match? I did not get the puppets. Table that. Table that. Table that. We'll get to that. I want to save that later. Table that. Okay. Um, another match that was kind of pointless, as the Black versus Bobby Lashley. Another pointless Agreed. match. Agreed. That was just that to get the match. How do you get beat by a girl? He, he, uh, he about to kick this guy's ass. She says, drop him down, bear him down. And then, and then he, he gets into like a bull thing where he's about to bull rush him. And then this guy just fucks him up. How do you let that happen? That has to be the most embarrassing thing that, that has ever happened in wrestling. Well, you know what it is with, with, with Alistair Black, that, his finisher, that, that kick he does is called Black Mask. That thing, he, he just comes out of nowhere with it, man. And it's, it's always so fluent and it's so, you hear the smack to the, to the jaw. And it's just, it's probably one of my favorite finishers that we see in wrestling today, honestly. Yeah, but the guy had him, though. He had him up in the air. He was about to slam him. And then the yeah. girl says no. Like, he, if, if the girl shuts her mouth, Lashley probably wins. Yeah. So, that's pretty and embarrassing. He's a bigger guy. He's a strong yeah. guy, so he has more advantage. But Alistair Black being uh, 
a, a less heavier set guy. He's known for his high flying style. He's he's quicker in the ring than Bobby Lashley. So that oh, is advantage. That's how he got the win. He kills. Um, another pointless match: Elias versus Corbin. Another pointless match, just to get them on the card. They wrestled a TV match. It wasn't a TV match. It was one of those "Why are you there?" Um, an entertaining match, which I like, was the hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I have one major question about the Corbin thing, because obviously I'm not a wrestling fan, so I didn't understand it. Um, okay. Cor- Corbin wins. Corbin wins, and then the guy basically saying, I want a rematch in the same fight. Why is that allowed no, to happen? No, 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 that was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Oh, I'm, we're, get, we're, get to, we're gonna get to that later. I want, I, I want to get the big matches later. I want to get to all the other stuff first. Um, speaking of other stuff, again, the Raw Tag Team Title match was very interesting. I liked it. Really, I, well, I liked it. it was I agree. Uh, it was entertaining. Um, yeah, it's interesting with Bianca Belair's call up. Um, I'm interested. Um, I know they're going to try to put her in the Raw um, Women's Championship match, which, again, she could probably be the next challenger, whoever wins, but I doubt it. But it'll be interesting, because now Bianca is up with her real-life husband, Montez Ford. Yep. That's Now, now the good matches. Now we're going to start Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, I particularly like this match. This was a very good, well-told-out match. Kevin Owens needed his WrestleMania moment, and boy, did he get his WrestleMania. He sure did get it. <laughs> that was a great match. And and the reason being that but my buddy Nick, who was confused as to why he said, Seth, you know, this is not the way he wanted. Because you know why? Because... Fans know that if this was a live, if this was a live crowd. If they saw that Kevin Owens won because he got hit in the head with a belt, I that that would left the fans um a bad taste in their mouth. They would have lost their minds. Yeah, but, but the guy won like though. Seth is stealing his moment. Did yeah. did 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 he have to accept the re, re, rematch? Yeah, go to his ego. He didn't have to, but go to his ego. Uh, one thing yeah, about great. one thing about. One thing about Seth Rollins is he he's ego-driven. His character is ego-driven. He calls himself the Monday Night Messiah. So he has to do things to prove a point. So what's the best way to get to go to man to doing something? You attack his ego. Hmm. True. True. That's that's how it works. And then Owens delivered probably one of the best one of the best spots of the night, which was that insane um, elbow drop off that at WrestleMania side, which was dope. That was dope. That was probably my favorite moment out of the bo- out of both nights. That that to me was years down the line when we see highlight reels from WrestleMania, where you see Shawn Michaels coming down from the from the ceiling and all those great moments they show. This is going to be that one from this year that we're going to see forever, you know, in time with the WWE because that moment really that that was a that was. That was a great moment, especially in a, in a time when there's no crowd. That really just, that stole, you know, that, that moment stole the entire show. Don't forget, guys, next year, WrestleMania goes Hollywood again. WrestleMania will yeah. be in L.A. 
I, I believe it's going to be at the new LA Coliseum Arena. It is. Mistaken. It is. Yeah. Let's hope yeah, the world is. is back to normal by then, at least somewhat. Hopefully, hopefully, man. I pray every day too. Now, the next match, that strip, that that fatal five-way elimination women's match. That's an interesting. The inter- like the first, you know, the first elimination. Tim, Tamina, I understood that. You know, you the monster heel dominating. You do everything you can to get rid of the monster heel. Blah blah blah. Cool. The yeah. next one. The next one. Um, Naomi gone. Now, the interesting sequence is what happened in the last week between Lacey, Sasha, and Bailey. I want to talk about that. What do you think of that sequence that happened in that match, also letting Bailey reach the pain? Um, at one, at one side, it surprised me because I expected it to come down to uh, Bailey and Sasha. On the other side, it just makes so much sense as to why they did that making it seem like Sasha's not good enough to be the number one contender, meaning being the last final opponent for Bailey in that match. It came down to Lacey and, and uh, Bailey. So that to me was a little interesting how they did that, because now this is going to build as Sasha tries to get to that, you know, to become the number one contender. You know, she didn't make it to the finals to face Bailey, but, you know, she knows that she's that damn good. She's the boss, you know? Yep. I like it, and I like it. This is kind of this is what we call long term booking, exactly. You're, 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 which is something that be normally doesn't don't do. But hey, that yeah. that's that's pretty good. You have to look at who's booking, who's writing this stuff. For Raw, it's Paul Heyman, and I know he he helps for SmackDown, and he's said publicly so many times, long term builds. He, he his when he's planning this year's WrestleMania main event, he's thinking about who is going to be in next year's main event. And who do you think will be in next year's main event? That to me, it's it's too it's too far it's too far back to call that. Um, I definitely do want to see uh, Kevin Owens some at some point win a Royal Rumble and go to the main event of WrestleMania. I thought it was going to happen this year just because his build over the last over the last year really he's been really really popular with the crowd, like getting. Like huge pops and, and certain moments, he's getting you know probably the biggest crowd reaction of the night. You know, I could see Kale like maybe not the face, but he could be on that Austin S tier. Like may yes. not be the face of the company, but definitely one of the top faces of the company. Yeah, like, he's, not, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to take out the authorities. Not afraid to take out anybody in charge. He says and does what he wants. That's Stone Cold character. What about McIntyre again? Hmm. I don't think it's going to be McIntyre just because he, you know, this this year is obviously his time. And but I do think we're going to have McIntyre for it to be uh, the WWE champion for a long time. And that I got that, like, that I like. I like. I want to see a defending champion, uh, and that's McIntyre, not Lesnar. And and now before we get to, you know, before we get to the best the couple two best matches of the night, I want to say that with with Owens the way that he's been booked, and I and I tell people the difference between the face like a Hogan, Cena, Rock, and being that top face is when you're the face, which means it's hard, it's very hard for you to turn heel. Yeah, very hard. And whereas Owens, which makes Owens so great, is he can be a great face. 
he could be a great tweener. Like, you know, like a guy that's kind of like a badass, but he's really like, but he's also like a face, like how Austin was. And I, think I have the perfect comparison for him. Go ahead. The perfect comparison for him as someone who could be at the top as the bad guy and at the top as the good guy, CM Punk. Perfect, yep. That That's exactly, yep. Punk was exactly that guy. Punk is a mic in his hand, you don't know what he's going to say. That is that is great. That, who that are is who are the two faces of wrestling right now for well, men and women? Roman. Well, it's Roman right now. Roman and Becky. And Becky. That's it. Yeah, it's Roman and Becky. Becky now, if you would ask me, if now ask me, if Roman didn't show. have cancer, would he still be the face of wrestling for men? I think so. I think so. I think they, 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 that's Roman. That's Vince McMahon's guy. He wants to go from John Cena to Roman Reigns. He's wanted that for also, years. Also, too, the Roman is is also his family is highly respected in wrestling allure. Of course, the Samoa family has been respected for years. So Roman Roman related to the Rock. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, the Rock, Usos, Naomi, Tamina, Nia Jax. There's there's about 10 of them today in the ring that are all related to each other. Rikishi. Wow. Rikishi is the Uso's father. Yeah. The Wild Samoans, which is a, a tag team from years and years ago. They were one of the greatest tag team champions. That's Roman's father. Oh, shit. High Cheek Peter Maivia. Um, yeah. The Rock's dad. Rock's Rock. grandfather. Yeah, that's Rock's grandfather. Um. Rocky Johnson, Rock's father, who passed away recently, God bless. There, there's a so, huge lineage of the Samoan, the Samoan dynasty is what they they call it. And the only Samoan guy, the only Samoan that's not related to Samoa Joe. Yep, the only one that has the actual name in his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah, ironic. That, that's, now, guys, the first the Boneyard match. I thought it was a fantastic match. How they did it. What do you think? I'm I'm waiting for this match to get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> it was it, it was played exactly like a movie. I gotta be honest. It kept me on my the toes. Background music, the the punches that you heard, you heard the hits, the, the trash talking, the everything. The say, opening scene was fantastic. Oh my god, Undertaker, AJ Styles coming out of that that coffin instead of the Undertaker, surprising everybody. Just had me on my ass. I was laughing, and then you hear the, the motorcycle, and as soon as you hear the motorcycle, you know, oh my god, we're getting old school Undertaker. I was, I was like shaking. I had chills. It was like, <laughs> the nostalgia just came into play, man. And the Metallica music started playing, and I was like, oh my god, I was, I was, I was it's a modern, it's a yeah. modern badass. Because remember, yeah. his first badass was like, like Dead Man Walking. Yeah, that was his first badass team. Then the second one was was, was rolled by Lipiskit. Yeah, the the American badass where he had, where he, he was the American guy with the flag and standing up for America and yeah, and it's crazy. I never thought I would see the day that Undertaker's badass would, would come back because remember when he came back originally, it was the they were like dumb dumb dumb, and now you yeah. just like that. Like I love to me personally. Between the vintage taker and badass take, badass taker is those are two takers I really like. Yeah, especially American badass because because American badass taker he had character. He was See, not if, if you like 
Yeah, if Go you ahead. were if you were a kid, you obviously love the Dead Man Undertaker character because it's you know he's like a, he's not a zombie, but he's a dead guy. And he's you know powerful, and he and you know he puts his hands up and fireworks and fire goes off and whatever. As adults, I think that you're more attracted to the Dead Man character. I'm mean, not the Dead Man, the uh, the biker character, the, the American badass character, Big Evil Undertaker, like what we saw at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. And but uh, that was, I never thought we'd see it again. I thought he was going to retire as the dead man. And I think if this, if this is the way the Undertaker, and I think what what rumors is, um, and I'm going to call this, I think Undertaker's final final match. I mean, like his last last match is going to be at Survivor Series. You think so? Where he debuted? Because with the way he debuted, what better what better way to go out than to finish than to go out in the, in in the event that you debuted it. Well, I thought he should have retired a few years ago when he lost at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns and he left his hat and gloves and everything in the ring. That would have been a beautiful send-off. Money. Now we're, we're years later where we are today. And I think if you look at the significance of how that Boneyard match ended, where he picked up his bandana, dusted it off, put it on, got on the, got on the, the back on the, on the chopper and raised his arm up you know, for the last ride, the fire, the, the, fire, the pyro went up, his logo showed. He took his last ride. He he rode off into the sunset. The significance there, if he was to retire there, it's a beautiful ending, if you ask me. That would be cool. That if they're going with that, that cinematic drama filled, like what they did um, with that match. Riding off now, the sunset, taking his now, last, which is the Firehouse Funhouse match. Um, and before we get to Firehouse Funhouse match, um, I, I thought that, that match was straight up garbage. Well, I will explain. Me, me and Joy will explain the context of this match, and I think, and then I'll tell you why I thought it was a very, very good match. But um, oh, oh, but what, yeah, what like, about the match with the big guy kissing that beautiful woman? I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll get to that. Well, hold on, let, let me finish my, let me finish. Otis, my boy, Otis, finally yeah. a girl. He deserves it. I, like, but but Taker, you're right, Joe. I think if this, this is a perfect way to, for Taker to go off, this is the perfect way. I think yeah. this symbolize. If he would like, I still think that he's going to retire somewhere in Survivor Series. But if he doesn't come back at Survivor Series and retires here, then this is and this is this is no only. You have to look at the other side. We said this too when we talked about this. This actually makes AJ very strong. He yeah, comes out looking strong. Like, but here's the problem with that. He got buried physically. That's true. So, does this mean he's taking time off? How does he come back from this? He I think that, account. you know, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I think, I think he's going to take time off. I think he got there because he wanted to take time off. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, the uh, Undertaker's uh, matches is that every, like, like I said with the Roman match, he should have retired there. And then this match, he should have retired here. I think the way he ends all his matches is in a cinematic form where if he does decide to retire, you know, at least it showed that he did, you know? Because he doesn't know, he, he does this match at WrestleMania, he doesn't know when he's wrestling again. It's, it just depends on how his body is and how he feels. I agree. And also, big shout to Big Otis, man. Finally, Otis gets the ball. And I was Finally, rooting for man. Otis. I was so much happened in that match, if you look. Otis getting the girl. Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, you know, breaking up as a tag team. 
uh, Dolph Ziggler finally getting his one-on-one WrestleMania match after how many years in WWE? He started oh, there wow. in 2005, 2006. It took, it took him at least, what, 15, 15 years to finally get a one-on-one match? Yeah. That, that guy looks like match. the cocky guy in high school that you just want to hit. That he gets that's, all the girls. And, yeah, that, that was the character that he is. And even his first yeah. one, he was that, he was that um, annoying, cocky, arrogant heel that reminds you of your typical high school jock that he won't just punch in the face. And he, he does it perfectly. He does it perfectly. Now, Joey, we have to explain to our friend here the significance of why we Yes, what's the deal with the puppets, man? I gotta know. I gotta know. Man, this okay, man Joey, had me play. shaking. Had me shaking, man. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. you want to go, Joey? Do you want me to go? No, you can go. Absolutely, you go. So, so here's the exclusive of this Firehouse Funhouse match. See, it is first of all, Bray Wyatt has creative control, which means he controls how this narrative goes. And when he said that he was going to face a tough of an opponent himself. It takes it all the way back to Cena's beginning of his career. How Cena made his debut was challenging Kurt Angle to a Kurt Angle open invitation. But you can see the parallels that Bray did in his funhouse was he's able to parallel John's career, his career, and how Cena is portrayed in WWE circles. That's why this match is so fascinating. Yeah, it was it was a it was a freaking masterpiece. The way that it was. Written. I can only imagine the way it was written. Look at the way it came out, you know, on on TV. Imagine how it was written. It was just. You, you have to remember, like, it first, it first comes in with Cena seeing Mr. McMahon puppet, and fun fact, Nick, Cena actually was going to get fired. He yeah. was really going to get fired. That's Back in 2002. Wow. Back in Yeah, that's a true story. All the things that Bray and Cena had said, we call it it's a work shoot meaning that there is some truth to the, to the promo, like yeah. how Cena would have opportunity, have opportunity, and other, oppor- and other people would have to work hard and not get opportunities. And Bray even had some self-truth in himself because Bray Wyatt never either doesn't get the opportunities he deserves, which he explained, or people don't have faith in him, which, again, he illustrated that. So that's... That's one thing. The other thing that I really loved about this match is it went from Cena's debut, you had the word, you know, you had word life, Cena's rapping gimmick, which was pretty cool. And he even said though that that's when they had those jaws back and forth, which was really, really cool. Then, then you see the Cena holding comparisons. Because Cena was once portrayed as the modern-day Hulk Hogan. Yep. And that's how you saw NWO and how Hogan became the deal. You go flashbacks, how people saying Cena sucks. Did you um, catch the Nikki Bella reference? I did. I caught yeah. that. Yeah, I caught that. Reference to him is his ex, Nikki Bella. Um, his ex-fiance. We dumped him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, too, don't forget... They also portrayed Russell Why would she match. dump John Cena? Hmm? Why would she dump John Cena? That's a long damn 
conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a different conversation for a day. It, 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 it comes down to Cena not being, he didn't want, he couldn't commit. Oh, and, gotcha. He didn't start a family or anything. Cena's, Cena's biggest problem in, in his personal life is not being able to commit. And yep. that's why she couldn't well, well, what an idiot because she's a gorgeous girl. Yeah, but she's having a baby now, and she's and she's engaged. So good, good for her. Good for her. Um, another rest, another thing. I don't know if you if you caught that, but hey, did you caught what Bray said? What he said? You should have finished the job that you started six years ago. Yep, at WrestleMania. Yeah, remember six years ago, John Cena and Bray Wyatt were WrestleMania thirty. Cena won, which was what was we thought was the burial of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, well, that started the downturn of that character. It was. Because once Cena defeated Bray Wyatt, that, that was done. That that character was there. And even, even Wyatt said that that was the beginning of the end of, 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 the, of that character. Yep. And then the Bray took time off, and he had to rebuild himself, and he was also injured. And he got and hurt. He was injured a lot. He had a lot of back problems. He, he was gone for, I think, over, almost a, a total, I think over a year he was gone. Yes. And why do you think, and also why do you think if he knows that he has been wrestling a lot because, he, because he's back? Yeah. He's, so he's, he's an attraction. Yeah. So, and I think, this is what I think. Me personally, I know this is, in hindsight, overall WrestleMania, I thought the what it was was pretty good. I liked it. They made the best out of a bad situation. 100%. I thought... I think this was probably one of the better out of, in the last probably seven years, this was probably, as a match quality, probably one of the better WrestleManias I've seen in like six years. Well, look at the storytelling that we got, and just in, in every match, overall, and then if you like break down each match, every, every match had fantastic storytelling. Like I was involved, you know, like I was like yelling at TV, but if you look at it in general, or overall, I kind of forgot there was no fans there. Like, I was just so into the wrestling that I didn't even think of all the other stuff that was going on. And that's that's what they wanted. Which, you know? which they succeeded. Yeah. They succeeded really well, which is kind of what AEW is doing. Is they're, they're, they get you so into the stories, you don't know if there's a crowd there. Yep. That's what, which I hope that once the crowd gets back, WWE can focus on long-term booking. Well, that's another thing, too, is the no crowd. And you made a good point there. If you look at some of the matches at WrestleMania, for example, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. By the way, that was my favorite match of both shows. That was my favorite match of the entire event of WrestleMania, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. If there was a crowd there, you would not be able to hear the trash talking between the two. Those chair shots wouldn't have been as loud. The headshots with the bell wouldn't have been as loud. You wouldn't have heard Seth Rollins wheezing for air, gasping for air after he, uh, Kevin Owens came down off the sign, put him to the table. That was one of those matches that actually benefited from there being no crowd. It made it feel like a real fight, and it just brought more brutality to the match rather than having the fans chime in. I agree. Oh, wait, there was one more match we forgot about. The last man standing match. I honestly... It, the ending was great. The beginning yep. was fine. The middle track got way too long. The match was a little long. I agree. But the there was one was beautiful. 
there was one spot that did make me a little bit uncomfortable. I think I think you would know what I'm talking about. I know one exactly spot that, what you're talking about. Yeah, there was one. For those who don't know, the one spot that made me a little bit uncomfortable was in the weight room, and I think. And oh, that was annoying, you, man. That that made me uncomfortable. It, 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 now, that Maybe this is the thing that always happens, but is the ref that's counting supposed to delay it? Because there was numerous times where he should have been called 10. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. I didn't really thought about that, but it could be. There were, there were at least two or three times where, where he either took an extra second to, to say the next number, or he didn't start right away. Like, do they yeah. tell the refs to do that to, to drag on the match, or? But James, you said the spot in, in the weight room was the one that made yeah. it look a little cringe. The, yeah. The spot for me, the one that I actually thought you were talking about, was when Edge climbed up the ladder onto that scaffold and jumped off yeah. and put Randy to the table. Now, this guy, this is his first one-on-one match back after nine years, after being forced yeah. to retire, meaning... If he didn't retire, he would have been in a wheelchair handicap because his neck was just not good. So, yep, that too. Those two, yep, that weight room and that one, those two made me cringe. Just like, oh, and not in the good type of cringe. The type of cringe no, made me go, it, it, it made me worried. I was like, oh my God, why is this guy doing this? Like, eight, nine years of his life, you know, away from wrestling, like, and this is the first thing he does. Because I don't know if you watched his edges, uh, New documentary that is put on the WWE Network. Um, I did. I watched it uh, actually the day uh, before WrestleMania when it came out, and he said he's like, you know, this is a new. I'm a, This is a new point in my career. There's things I know I can't do. I can't jump through flaming tables with thumbtacks in my back. I can't jump off ladders, and that's exactly what he did at WrestleMania. And it, I saw on Twitter his wife even called him out for it. Yes, I can't. I can't blame that for that because the risk. Um, um, you remember, you lost nine years of your life, and, and if you if you if you do one wrong move, you can end up back in that wheelchair. Yeah. I, listen, I get Edge. Edge, like Daniel Bryan, wrestlers don't want to want to end them, want to go out on their terms. I completely get it. Yeah, but come on, not like this. Not like yeah. this. Nope. But that ending, man, with him crying, you know, taking that That was great acting. That oh, was great acting. Oh, my God. It was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful ending, despite being brutal and violent. He was, he was so conflicted. Yep. He was, he was, he was completely conflicted. He didn't know what to do. He loved, he, 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 he really, they really do love, you know, he really, he really did love him like a brother, man. Like, I know that, that yeah. WrestleMania this year really, really surprised me. I, I, you know, I was one of those fans that at first a month or so ago, I was like, postpone the event, cancel it. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same without the crowd and all the, you know, the pyro and the lights and the stage and everything. And they really knocked it out of the park, man. I, I, I. The WWE deserves so much credit for what they did. And the, and the performers. 
You know what's funny? The performers were not on board with it at first, which I, I completely understood. I understood oh, why. I, I actually had a conversation with my dad about it when it was first announced that they were doing it. I asked him, I said, you know, if, if this was your job, would you risk your help, you know, just to be, you know, on the on that stage? Because you have to remember that WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. And... You, I don't think any NFL player would say, uh, I, I, I can't be at the Super Bowl, you know? What if you were told that you wouldn't get paid? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that would change a lot of people's tunes. Yeah, but you know what? In this case, that wasn't what happened. They, they, were, they were offered to opt out of it because of the situation. They were. Same with AEW. They, they both said if you feel uncomfortable, you are, you're allowed to to not that's why Corey Graves has been home yeah that's why Carmella wasn't in that match you really think Tamina Snuka would have been in that women's title match if nope. uh, when was the last time she was on TV a year ago yep you know there was there was people who the, some matches had to be changed because of this and overall everybody else was volunteered to be at the show also remember AOP and, and Buddy Murphy were supposed to be there but remember but Brock King tore towards bicep the Buddy Murphy had 14 yep yep so it, it was a great show that I, I would say like I said out of all the sh- out of all the Wrestlemania's that I've seen I would probably put that in my top 10 What's the top five? What's your top five WrestleManias, both of you? Oh, I'm going to go, I'll go first. I will say WrestleMania, my number five, I will say WrestleMania 20 because of the the matches were good. The undercard was great, but the main event was one that got me with Benoit, Triple H, and Michaels. I would say Wrestle, I would say WrestleMania, I would say WrestleMania 19. I would say WrestleMania 25 as number three. I would say number two would be number two would be WrestleMania number two would be WrestleMania 15, and number one would be WrestleMania 17. Wow! Wow! Yeah. You know, I have. I actually, I think I have the same as yours, just a different. Uh, it just rotated a little bit. <laughs> My Ooh. favorite WrestleMania of all time was WrestleMania 20. Just yeah. because of the moments that, that were featured there. Now, second to that, WrestleMania 19. I, some of those matches will, will go down, you know, as some of the best ever. Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar. Uh, Vince McMahon versus... Hulk Hogan in a street fight. Oh, Shawn Michaels versus Shawn Michaels Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Oh yeah. my god. Triple H versus Booker T was a very underrated good match. Very underrated. Very underrated. Um, another one I would say uh, I like like you did, WrestleMania 25. The, probably the best match in WrestleMania history, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. That was an amazing match. Like, like yeah, the other match, put it to words. Can't describe it. I, I can't. It, 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 that was easily. If you tell me, people, what is my favorite Undertaker match? That match, Undertaker Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25. I I could watch that match over and over again and never get tired of it. I did a bracket on my Twitter uh, last week for WrestleMania week about what was the greatest WrestleMania match in history, and I had all my followers on Twitter uh, vote for it, and it came down to. 
that match. That was the top. Yeah, and I had over 25 matches in that bracket, and that was voted the best match. I agree. Now, what's what was your other favorite WrestleMania match? Um, um, what was your other favorite WrestleManias? I said number one was 20, number two was 19, number three was 25, number yeah. four I would say 21. Twenty-one. Uh, that show started with the tag team champions facing them, facing each other. Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero versus, versus Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Ooh, we had the first Eddie ever Money in the Bank ladder match, which Edge won. Uh, yeah. We had uh, probably one of my favorite matches ever: Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. Oh, that was a that was a wrestling. Yeah. You know, that was a wrestling clinic. Undertaker versus uh, Randy Orton when he was the legend killer. That I, that was actually my favorite Randy Orton gimmick. The legend yeah. killer gimmick. Yeah. And WrestleMania 21 was the, was when John Cena won his first WWE Championship, and yeah, Batista, Batista won his won his first event title. Yep. Yeah. He won his first singles title. And what was your fifth and final favorite WrestleMania? I would have to say WrestleMania 17. Uh, that match with Stone Cold and The Rock and the, for the WWE Washington. Championship and Stone Cold turned on The Rock and aligned himself with his biggest rival ever, Vince McMahon. Man, what a... What a but there's a difference... Fans for that, you know? People don't understand there's a difference between Vince McMahon, the character, and Vince McMahon, the businessman. Of course, Vince, Vince McMahon, the character, could either be the most loved guy or the most hated guy ever. Agreed. Vince McMahon, the businessman, at his time when Vince was overseeing creative control, Vince had a great vision. Now, unfortunately, and I say it's unfortunately because I, I do love Vince's back, back, back when he had creative control. Now, yeah. he does have creative control. The problem is Vince needs to see everyone how he did back in the 90s. Yeah. And the problem with that is wrestling has evolved so much since the 90s. So much. You know what it is, too? The company itself has evolved. Just because they went from being, you know, the WWF to becoming WWE and now being a publicly traded company, which means that they're shareholders. Um, yep. and with that head. being said... Vince McMahon may be the president, he may be the CEO, but he answers to a board above him. Yes, he does. He does. Being that it's a publicly, publicly traded company. Now, that also goes along the lines of uh, creative control. There might be someone, for example, when WWE went to Fox last year in September, Fox demanded that certain superstars be on SmackDown, which was going to be on their network. That was out of like, that was out of Vince McMahon's control. Like Bray, like Bray Wyatt, right? They wanted Bray Wyatt. They wanted uh, who was another one? I think they wanted Becky too. But you know, they wanted Heyman, Becky. Heyman vouched for Becky. There was people that Heyman vouched for to keep on on Raw. But you know, yeah. USA Network too, being where Monday Night the network where Monday Night Raw is, you know, they request certain things. So they. they it's yeah. out of it's completely out of Vince McMahon's control, and then that trickles down, you know, to you know creative writers and creative teams and production, and you know, at the end of the day, I I think he doesn't even have a say. He just kind of just checks it off. 
Now, here's now the difference between that and AEW. AEW just started, but but AEW is relatively new, and their focus is more on wrestling and long term booking and storyline. Yeah, which is good. Well, not I, I don't. They look at their their main focus is tag team wrestling, which is actually one of the most under lost arts of everything. Yeah, I, I love tag. Yeah, like. Do you realize, and I, and I talked to this too with, with my boy, do you realize that there's not a lot of pure tag teams in the WWE? It's like, why not? You have to, why, I don't know. They have not, they have not, WWE has not put an emphasis on tag teams. You have the Usos in the New Day, and you have, um, oh, um Otis, um, you have Otis and, um, uh, what's the Tucker, um, and Tucker. The problem with but, the tag team division in WWE is that Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show. You have SmackDown, that's a two-hour show. That's five hours. That's five hours out of the week for WWE television. Now, being that they are the WWE, they're an entertainment company. They want to put on the best entertainment as possible, which means they want the one-on-one storylines that people are going to relate to the most to be on screen. Tag team wrestling comes secondary. Is secondary to that. Yeah. While so, AEW, their biggest emphasis is tag team wrestling. Well, in AEW, the biggest names in the company are tag teams. The Young Bucks, the, the young best team. tag team in the whole world. LAX. LAX, up there too. Of Jurassic Express. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of spread. A lot of tag teams in, 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 in AEW that, by the way, WWE tried to get before they went to AEW. Now, my last question for you, um, I have to ask this, and I've wanted, and I've wanted, and I'm trying real hard to understand this. I have been, uh, I've been excited for Brody Lee, but do you think they're going to use the Vince McMahon stick just a little bit too much? Like, how much is, like, enough? Like, I know that... I know that I know why Brody is doing this because he wants to stick it to McMahon because McMahon didn't believe in him. But it's a, a unique, it's a unique situation because I'm and, and I try to give both perspectives, you know, uh, on each side of the other board. One side, it may look like Brody Lee really didn't really want to leave WWE, so he's gonna bitch and moan as to why he doesn't like Vince McMahon, why he didn't, you know. It's kind of like someone who gets traded from a team goes to another team and then complains, you know, about the other team that they were on. Meanwhile, they really just want to go back there, you know? Yeah. But then again, maybe it brings in ratings where, oh, I'm going to watch AEW. They're calling Vince McMahon and WWE out. It's going to rile the crowd up. That's another that. way of looking at it. That, that's I, I think they, they overdid it. It should have been a one-time thing, maybe twice, not on purpose, maybe twice. But to continue this character, it, it looks like he's a sore loser, meaning he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to leave WWE. He was kind of forced to. I'm thinking to me, if you just do it once or twice, but you focus on your dark order cult or whatever it is that you're doing, yeah. that I would be totally cool with that. You know what I mean? Now, the biggest question here is, are you invested in that character? Do you care for it at all? It's hard. 
it's hard for me to get behind that because the Dark Order gimmick is just, it's hard for me to get around. I didn't I don't like know. it from the beginning. I didn't yeah, like Dark Order like, from the beginning. It, and I still, and I still don't like the Dark Dark Order. No. And I knew for a while that it was going to be Brody Lee because it obviously wasn't Matt Hardy who was exalted when the leader. And it overall came down to being Brody Lee. Interest kind of just fell. Um, I'm kind of loyal to the WWE. <laughs> and that's I will say uh, this. I, I will I'll take a WWE event for over AEW event. I like AEW. I like the wrestlers. I like wrestling. Yep. But I think... I think that in order for AEW to succeed, and I understand they're doing well in the ratings, also particularly because it's a brand new product. Of course. My thing with AEW is that you need to succeed. You you also have to build. My and I get it. What, what Rhodes is doing, what Derek is doing, is putting over stars like Darby Allen. But you have to build. MJF. Okay, they have to. Yeah, they got to. That's the one thing that I've gotten at WWE is you gotta build stars. You gotta you got to develop characters and you have to invest in long term booking. WWE WWE wants to WWE obviously, um, at least with Paul Heyman's vision and Triple H, very good at long term booking. Yes. A, and AEW does do long term booking well, but I feel like their characters are <laughs> If I can get invested in the character, no matter how talented you are wrestling, how am I, I going to? How am I going to like watch your? How am I going to watch your product? You see, for me, it's more of I enjoy WWE, and if you were to name any WWE superstar, I can give you some sort of comment about them, um, or some, or tell you some relation I have to them. There's only a handful of that I can call in AEW. There's a handful of superstars in AEW that I like, and if they weren't there, I wouldn't watch. I agree. Like the only reason, the only AEW superstars I can name are people that used to be either A used to be WWE or B I recognize because they're from there worldwide. Like exactly. I recognize Kenny Omega. I recognize Kenny Omega. I recognize LAX. Yeah. I recognize SUV, and I know Orange Cassidy. Whoever that is, by the way, is my twin brother, but... <laughs> you do look like... Yeah, I get you that You do a look like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone you said, do. yo, you have your Halloween costume ready for this year. I'm like, what? They're like, Orange Cassidy, duh. Freshly squeeze. <laughs> yeah. No, in AW, I would say it's Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Cody, and the Young yeah. Bucks. There's six. That's pretty much it for me. I would say the exact same too. I um, I have my my list is pretty much the same. Uh, I I love Darby Allen. I do. But I'm, it's, um, I, it's hard for me to get invested with him. Sean Spears. When I think Sean Spears, I think Ty Dillinger. I I I. I, I, I said about him get... earlier. I said that when he came into AEW, he reinvented himself as Sean Spears. He took out his best friend Cody Rhodes. Cracked his head open with that with that chair shot. He got the nickname the chairman, meaning you know, yeah. being the top guy, and you know because of the chair, the the message. Yeah, I, I like the play on words. I like that. But after that, he flopped. Yeah, he, he flopped. He could have been one of the top heels. And if you go look at my Twitter, I, I tweeted out like not even not even two hours ago when I was watching AEW and NXT. 
he could have been one of the top heels in that company because of the way he was in that coach. When he hit Cody over the head with that chair, he became he the, the most booed person in all of wrestling. But you know who's the top heel now? It's MJF. MJF. MJF is the most hated guy right now, and it's not even close. But he is probably the most hated guy in all of wrestling. I mean, this guy flicked off a little kid. <laughs> the one thing here's the one thing about MJF that like he just has a he, you know when you you know how you know guys you know, there's always that one person who just look at like yo I, I want to like just punch you in the, you have a punchable face <laughs> yeah, Baron yeah. Corbin Baron Corbin <laughs> he, he, he's got a face like yo I, I want just, I just want to punch you repeatedly so yeah. hard right now yeah that's that's him but uh. But I think overall, if I were to give WrestleMania out of stars, I would probably give it a four out of five stars. Best WrestleMania I've seen in the last seven years. And I think for in order for WWE, I think WWE, if you're smart, and even Triple H says he wants to do more of these Firefly or Boneyard type matches. He wants to do more of these cinematic matches. And I think they should. Well, tonight, for example, tonight on NXT, I don't know if you, if you watch NXT at all, but I they had the final match between... Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and two weeks ago Triple H said listen this is not going to be a regular fight I'm going to give you an undisclosed location you two are going to go there hash this out be done a winner and a loser and I don't want to hear about it ever again and they made that match just like the Boneyard match it was cinematic it was background music and when you get a chance when you have a chance go watch that match because the ending was freaking sick but they did it I'm going to watch the NXT they did it with NXT and I, I really hope that you do more of that going forward, even if there is a crowd. I, I think it will be better with matches. the crowd. I, yeah. think it, I think it'll be better with the crowd. And the crowd can see how cinematic this is. Because if you look at the receptions, every, there was a lot of positive in both the Boneyard and the Firehouse Funhouse match. Like, I, I rewatched both of those matches. I'm still, I'm still in awe. And, and it's funny, shout out to Jeremy Borash and Triple H for directing this. Jeremy yeah. Borash is the guy that helped develop the Matt Hardy, broke it, the broken Matt Hardy character. And Borash has a great vision. He was one of the best in TNA for his vision. And yeah. he's a very bright wrestling mind. And I think, and, and it's funny. And also, last tidbit before we wrap it up, Bray Wyatt actually controlled the entire narrative of, of, of that Firehouse Funhouse match. Well, there was a rumor that Matt Hardy actually helped him with that. I don't know if that's true or not. It, um, they, they're good they're friends in real life. He, he helped him with some of the parts, but everything was all Bray's vision. Yeah. It was Bray's vision. And the funny part is, Vince McMahon loved it. Yeah. Vince McMahon fell in love. They said that. And they also, Bray has received a lot of positive feedback going backstage for A, taking the match with, um, taking the match with, um, um, Goldberg yeah. and B more importantly having this fight off Sunhouse match and you could see Bray getting more promoted going down the line so yeah he, he took that loss he took that loss on the chin like a man and he even tweeted about it out there and he said he basically said you know it's not about this loss you have to look overall over over time it's, this is one loss but it's not the end you know and I think you're going to see Brave going forward. I think Brave's going to be one of the, that's why Fox won him. I think Brave's going to be one of the top heels 
in in the WWE right now. And it's not is it really even though he's not really much of a heel, but he's gonna be the most over character right now. Inside House Funhouse segments are great. I do have one more thought or one more comment about the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Go ahead. If you look over the last few weeks that Cena was giving those promos about Bray, saying that he's the over, most overhyped superstar of all time. Yes. How he said that this was a cinematic beauty. All those promos, if you look back at all those promos John Cena did or, or gave, he was foreshadowing. Because at the end of this match, everything he said was about himself. But uh, that he's no. gonna put down Bray Wyatt. He's the most overhyped superstar in WWE. He's been given chance after chance of chance, and he and Cena said, "I'm gonna, I'm this is gonna be the end. I'm gonna put you down for good." And at the end of that match, it's exactly what Bray Wyatt did to John Cena. They foreshadowed. And they psychologically messed everybody up. I like it. I, I really, I really, and it's funny because Cena was talking about it. I think Cena had has no problem putting over Bray. Of course, Cena and Bray are, are, are friends. They're, they're friends, and and I think Bray and I think Cena and Bray want to work with each other too because I think Cena wants to wants to put Bray over. Because Cena knows that he's not in WWE's long-term booking plans. And what better person to put over than the guy that started your burial six years ago? And it's kind of like, and remember, the Fiend character always has a history with somebody. You look at Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Bray Wyatt. You look at um, his, his history with King. Look at his history with Seth Rollins. Look at his history with Daniel Bryan. It's always and he always history. changes their character. He always changes his opponent's uh, character. You know, the Miz yeah. lost to, to Bray. He turned heel. Daniel Bryan lost to Bray. He changed his character. Changed. You know, Seth yeah. Rollins, Seth Rollins lost, turned heel. heel. Now John Cena lost, and I don't know if you saw what John Cena tweeted out today. But he made a reference that that might have been his last wrestling match ever. He was retiring. That's... He made a comment, yep. something like, uh, everything comes to an end at some point. Wow. Um, I have I have two questions. One of them is, you guys didn't bring up the biggest champion of the night. And that was my boy, Rob Gronkowski. You know, winning, winning that, winning that twenty four seven title. What's Man. what's WWE plans for that monster champion? Is he gonna actually have wrestling matches? No, um, the twenty four title, the twenty four seven title is is used. It's a uh, what's the word? It's a certain Joey. What, what's the word we're looking for? It's like the hardcore championship, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a title. It's a it's a it's a lower card title to give more people TV time even if it's 10 seconds on screen, and it's just a way to give some excitement to people. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ratings booster. Oh, so it's like a booby prize. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. It, it, it's a ratings booster. Like, the why thing our, our, um, our truth has, has won top so many times, because one thing about um, our truth is he's the most, he's, he's the most funniest character in WWE. He, he's, he's very over well, if you if you didn't have that title, you would not even see any of that stuff from R-Truth. If you didn't have that title, you probably wouldn't even have a job. 
It, exactly. And that goes for a lot of people. Look at Mojo. He he had the title for a little while. Uh, yeah. Who else? The Singh brothers. Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah TV, different TV personnel. Um, WWE legends. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly. But yeah, like the point of that title is a ratings booster match. And it's kind of, it's cool. Like, you know, and the, and, and also one, the one thing that R-Truth has going for him, he is well loved in that lock. He is well loved. He's a veteran. Like, he's, been, he's been in the wrestling business for 20 plus years already, this guy. At some point, he's probably going to transition into a producer. It's, it's usually, I, I would be if he becomes, yeah, like a producer, writer, because his stuff is yeah. so damn good, man. He's so funny. He's but he, he said, I remember he said, I'm a 24-7, 48-5, European heavyweight champion. Well, if you if you look if you look back to that segment he did with Brock Lesnar a few months ago, where Brock Lesnar was in the ring cutting a promo, and you know. Brock Lesnar's thing is, I'm gonna take you to Suplex City, right? Yeah. R2 stands in the ring, interrupts Brock, and he goes, "I don't want to go to Sioux Falls City, Brock." <laughs> and he goes, like, "No, you idiot! It's called Suplex City." <laughs> just little things like that, just just so damn. Funny. Now and he does it with a straight face, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Both of you, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling that you've seen? So, from the oh. first wrestler you've ever seen, your top four list them from four to one. You're lucky, man. You're lucky. You're lucky. I like wrestling. <laughs> I, have this, I have this in my brain at all times. <laughs> uh, Joey, since I went first the last time, you go first this time. Okay. Oof, the pressure's on, man. Okay. Not Rushmore. Four people, right? Yep. Four. Only four. I would have to say, number one, 16-time, one of the 16-time world heavyweight champions, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Change the game. Number two, I would have to say John Cena. Mm-hmm. Number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, number four... I, it, it's it's a hard one because there's so many options. You have The Undertaker, you have Hulk Hogan, you have The Rock, Brock Lesnar. There's so many people. Uh, it, it's really difficult for me to pick, um, especially with the negativity that's come along with Hulk Hogan's name over recent years, where he was actually exiled from the WWE, exiled from the Hall of Fame. Um, so if that's the case... The, the fifth spot has to go... Go with your favorites. Don't don't worry about storylines. Shawn Michaels. It's Ric Flair, John Cena, uh, Stone Cold, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, ooh. Mm, we're similar. Um, okay. Ah, uh, you're not going to be different, you schmuck? No, there are some differences. There are some differences. I said we're sewer. There, th- there are two superstars he has that I have the same, but there are two others that he has that I do not have. Number four, I'm going to say Chris Jericho. The guy comes in, he reinvents himself, he finds he may have never been the top, 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 top guy, like never been like where Austin was, where The Rock is, 
But yeah, always his character is always reads, always reinvent himself. And even at his age of forty nine, he can still go. I mean, still one of the top faces in AEW. He's still one of the champions in New Japan. He's still one of the best. So I would say Chris Jericho number four. Number three, I would have to say John Cena. The guy in the face represented of ye. The guy, I would say John Cena. Number two, I'm going to say Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, gives me WrestleMania moment after moment. And he comes in like, I saw his first match on like WrestleMania. Like, he did WrestleMania 10, but they were like, I saw his first match. It was against Austin, no less, um, at WrestleMania. I saw that. With Michaels, it was one of the guys. I've always done super kicks because I love Shawn Michaels. So that's my guy. And the number one guy, and, and, and this one, get, I've been going back and forth with this, but number one to me is The Rock. It's because the, the, he, he is the most charis, charismatic guy ever. And I think my favorite was when he was Hollywood Rock. He was a heel. That was my favorite. So I would say The Rock. So that's my number one guy, The Rock. Alright, now now being that we're an equal opportunity podcast, last one, both of you, your top four Mount Rushmore of women wrestlers. Mm, that's a tougher one. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I'm going to say China. Um, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Charlotte Blair. Very good. Joey? Number four, I would have to say, the fabulous Mula. Throwback, Ooh, I know. Respect. Fabulous respect. Mula. Number four, I gotta go with Trish Stratus. Number three, number, number three, three. Number, number three. Number three. Four is Mula. Three is Trish. Number uh, number two. I have to say Charlotte Flair. Respect. And number one, she changed the game of wrestling. And she you know, it, it, with the Monday Night Wars, Alondra Blaze. I, you know what? I did not think of that. She that threw the one title in the garbage on WCW television. She threw the WWE, cha- the WWE Women's Championship in the garbage for their competitor on TV. I, you know what? Alondra Blaze was, a, was an honorable mention. I, I did not think of that. That is respect. Alondra Blaze really did change the entire game. You're absolutely right. That is that is good. And I'm uh, sure there's so many more names that I, I you we can pick from, you know, for, for both the men's and women's. But, oh, there's uh, so many. Since we said four, it's and it's crazy because I, I was even debating about Rick Flair too on my list too because 16 time limiting. But the the way I did my list, I did the total package. I did everything. Yeah. I did wrestling. I did character, charisma, the whole. Were you once in the upper echelon of? The, of what about the what about Triple H? Why was he left off both your guys' lists? 
I don't know. I really don't have an answer for that. He's I have, obviously one of my favorites of all time. But I don't know. I think overall, like what James said, overall package. You know, for me, I was between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. I couldn't decide. The, the thing with Triple H, and I can answer that, Triple H, unfortunately, was in an era where there were so many great wrestlers ahead of him that was even better. Yep. Unfortunately. And he was in the era when... Hogan was was, was was on the decline when Shawn Michaels was taking up as the face, Undertaker was coming up, the rise of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. He he was unfortunately he was behind um really great great characters. And yeah. then, and then and what got Triple H and uh, and you know what's funny? Triple H had a quick story about Triple H and I'll make this quick. Triple H was nearly fired in nineteen ninety six. Why? Because Triple H, because Kevin, because his best friend, his real life best friend, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, curtain call, curtain call, the curtain call, they were going to WCW. And it was a curtain call where it was an MSGU between Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they were all giving hugs and goodbyes and they were breaking what we call the kayfabe, kayfabe meaning breaking fictional from reality. So they broke that. Like basically breaking the fourth wall. They were supposed to be and rivals on TV, and they became they showed their true friendship on TV. Ooh. Which got which got Triple H immensely like ultra heat, which nearly got him fired. Yep. And he cut and he cut a shoot promo the next day when Jr. interviewed him. He cut a shoot promo. That was the first time you saw Triple H like raw. Yep. And and the thing with Triple H is what made Triple H a bright wrestling mind. He has he has he has the blood of the business. Like he was trained by the great Killer Kowalski. Killer Kowalski, one of the best ever. One of the best ever. God rest his soul. He was trained by the great Killer Kowalski, and he has a knack of the business. That's why. Why do you think NXT is one of the best things going on? Yeah, Triple H, Triple H, which is Triple H created NXT and he runs it. Yeah, yeah, him and Re- him and Regal, him, Regal, and Jeremy Borash, all of them run it together. Triple H's team knows because they do, they know which characters are going to get over. They build long term booking and they build stars. Look at WrestleMania. Look at WrestleMania oh this God. year. Almost every yeah. participant at WrestleMania came through NXT. Triple H made all those characters. That is true. Triple H has a, all the characters you see right now were at least influenced or touched by Triple H. Yeah, he, he, he came from his developmental. Nick, if you, if you don't know, NXT is, uh, it stands for Next. It was supposed to be the next generation. That's their developmental. That's where they train their, right, their right. new talent and things like that. And that was Triple H's baby. And and, and that's where they train at the center in Florida, right? Yes. Yeah, their arena is Full Cell University which is where they normally hold their shows. And they were planning on going live to different venues like the WWE shows, but right now, due to this pandemic, they can't. See, um, I knew that yeah. from watching Fighting with Family with The Rock. That was a good movie. Yeah. See, and yeah. Paige, in that movie, yeah. Paige was in NXT. The wrestling that she did in that in that movie until the end where she won, you know, I'm not going to get... To spoil it with anybody to watch it at the end of the if no one has movie. seen that movie by now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've seen, seen that movie. I'm okay, that well, movie. where she won the title at the end is WWE, but all the other things where she's trying to build her character 
That right. was man, that was that was all Eric shit. And that's what W trains you. Like in order to make it, unless you're an established star all over the world, which is why AJ Styles didn't really need to go to NXT, he just jumped straight to WWE. Like it helps you build your character. I mean, right now, Keith Lee, Keith Lee, like, is a big guy, about two-something, two three-something, one of the most over-characters right now in NXT. That guy, Keith Lee, Joey, is a future. That guy uh, is a future. That guy, him, I love Dominic Dijakovic. Um, you, you look at, I like Damian Priest is really good. Uh, obviously, Johnny, my champ, yeah, Johnny, Johnny wrestling. <laughs> I mean, like every, and you notice every single takeover, even takeovers that were okay, there are, there are still the wrestling quality matches are still at least four to five stars. If that, absolutely. And you know what? It's funny. I every take, takeover that has ever been, I never said was okay. I said they knocked it out of the damn park. Every single one. It just from start to finish. Fantastic. You know what it is? They find new ways to reinvent themselves. It's it's, it's the passion. It's the passion and the drive to you know to get to the main stage of Raw and SmackDown of WWE. It's a show. That, you know they're more they're hungrier in NXT. In WWE and Raw and SmackDown, they're already on t- TV. They have million dollar contracts. They're comfortable. Jesus. Well, you look at NXT, these guys what's, really what's the rookie con- What's the league minimum in wrestling? $500. Um, $500. I don't know. It's, it's anywhere between, from what I heard, between fifty dollars to $70,000. Okay, so what's the max? What would be like a Mike Trout contract in WWE? Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did he get? Or a John Cena or, or a Rock, where they pay you, you know, four million, ten million, four, four to five million. Yeah, and per that's match. the max per a star match. wrestler can make. No, I think John Cena made ten at one point. I'm not sure. John Cena made ten million dollars at one point when he was a full time wrestler. And is that $10. per year or is that like a three four fight deal? No, um, no, that's a contract. That was a contract. It was a contract. year or two. It was a year or two, and then what happened afterwards is that they book you, they pay you based on matches per match. Like, Lesnar gets paid at least $4 million per match. Whoa. Yeah. That's not yeah. bad. Well, the thing what, the thing what Heyman is doing with Lesnar is, I don't think you, you will not know this, but Joey, you remember this, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, remember Bruno San Martino. They yeah, want the reigning WWE champion of all time. You, they want to book. You will never get a champion longer than, 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 than ten years. The closest we got was Hulk Hogan, and that was five years. Yeah, but, but never gonna happen again. Never. But what I'm saying is, Bruno San Martino was a guy that would come once once a year or twice a year to keep the nostalgia running. That's how Paul Heyman wants to book um, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Which is an attraction. That's why we don't see Bray Wyatt in the ring every week. Because people like Brock Lesnar and, and uh, Bray Wyatt, they're, they're attractions. Yeah. They're special attractions. Exactly. That's why sometimes you'll see Bray Wyatt wrestling his Mr. Rogers get up. 
Yeah. And then some days you'll see him in his Bray Wyatt let me in character. And, and, and the best thing about Bray Wyatt is he can, that's what his character is like. He could be so wholesome like Mr. Rogers, he can come to my neighborhood and then all of a sudden he becomes snap of a finger. creature. Yep. Yeah, he snap of the finger, he's like, let me in. And, <laughs> and, and, and I love that when he says that because it's basically like, let your inner demons come inside you. And that's what the theme character is. The theme is, yeah. is designed to, 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 to haunt your inner character. Embrace, that's why embrace your flaws, embrace your demons. Which is why that Firehouse Funhouse match was probably one of my favorite matches. Yeah. That was one of my favorite matches. So, yeah, this, this like, wrestling is great. Um, again, I hope the wrestlers stay safe. They're taping right now. WWE's taping until the end of this month. They're hoping May to go back online, but that's likely not going to happen. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. That's why they're shooting for August. Um, my, here's my thing is, and I keep saying this, if, the, if we're at the peak right now, and we're seeing signs, or we have to see a sign, that we're at the peak and it's starting to slow down, then there's a chance that not only professional sports will come back, but combat sports will come back, and WWE will be able to go on the road, same with AEW. So let everyone stay healthy, stay safe, um, make, sure that, make sure that you're practicing social distancing, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. agree, man. It's, it's crazy times. We've never seen anything like this, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. How have you been, Joey? Are you working? How are you doing over there? I'm good, man. I'm working from home. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's difficult when you're so used to your daily life being active and not physically active. I mean active as in uh, being at work. Uh, oh, absolutely. I hate it. This Sunday, going, it's going to be a month for me. Going to the store, going to Target, going to get, you know, whatever. And when that's taken away from me, I think the biggest lesson I think we're going to take out of this is how much we take for granted. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just being able to leave the house, but also our health, too. Because there's so many people that you see on TV who are affected. Affected. But... What is so different from this opposed to every other situation we've seen is that you know someone, whether it's a neighbor or a friend or a family member, who is affected or who has even lost their life. So it, it's it's in our backyard, it's, it's in our face, and it's definitely something that is just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> It, it it also goes to show you how dirty people are, you know, because there was people not showering every day, not washing their hands. But see, with this thing, it's the problem is that you don't you could be the cleanest person ever. You touch something that someone else touched. That's and true. You got it. And we still don't know the full facts about it. That's that's the crazy thing. We still don't know. You know, I, I asked I asked people a month or so ago when this really got bad. I was, I was like, imagine this was airborne where you just went outside and you took a breath, a breath of fresh air and you can get it. Oh, my God. You know, something like The Walking Dead. What's the movie I imagine where we don't we don't know. 
We f- we don't no. fully know. We we don't know. We don't know what's going on. I know that people are treating, and we haven't yet like they, we haven't yet found a proper vaccine that has worked. No, so we don't know. And I think the thing is, though, is this virus is smart, and this virus attacks anybody. Doesn't matter how old or how young you are. It attacks, and if you have underlying health issues, it makes it even worse. Yeah, I think the best things that we can do right now is, you know, stay home. I mean, and I'm not saying stay home, like, you know, for the most part. Stay home, period. Like, go out if you have to, meaning you need to get groceries, you need to get toilet paper or whatever, essentials, whatever. Don't leave your house. But that's the problem. People aren't doing that. socialize with people who are not in your house. You know, my, I, I was talking to my sister the other day, and she said she had her neighbor over, and I yelled at her. I was like, no. Only people no. who are in your house. The only people I literally feel bad for is people with children under six. Because I do. You, you can't, like my neighbors have, have a four-year-old, and they constantly have to take her out for at least two, three hours. Because there's yeah. nothing else they can do. So in that situation, I feel bad for. Her. But if if you're going out to see a boat, if 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 you're chilling in the park, if you're running in the park, stay inside your house. And thank God this isn't airborne. Because I'm telling you right now, if I'm I'm losing my shit now, but at least I'm able to go outside. If I couldn't step foot at my house, who the fuck knows what I'd be going through right now? I've been documenting a little bit of what. You know what I've been doing uh, since I stayed home. I've been I've been home, meaning I have not gone to a store. I have not gone to work. I've been home since March tenth. How are you getting food? Straight delivery? No, I, I live with my parents, so uh, um, I think one time my dad went out, and that was weeks ago. Uh, and he wore like a spacesuit and gloves <laughs> and a mask. And as soon as he walked in the door, he stripped himself and washed the clothes. So, you know, we, we did, we did take proper precautions, but we also ordered things to the house. Um, but I've been home. I mean, granted, we took me and my mom and dad, we took a car ride, uh, around, you know, the town a few times, but that's, we're not getting out of the car. We're not right. touching or talking to anybody. That's okay. If you want to do that, that's fine. You know? Right. Uh, as long as you're not uh, socializing with people. Um, but other than that, I've been in my house and, Grinding, <laughs> like absolutely, and I think, and I think the thing with, um, I think the thing with, um, um, with us is that you, we 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 have to be smarter and we have to be wiser, and I think yeah. the problem, and I think the problem is, is that um, we. We're, we, this is probably the most craziest times we live in, and I hope that this never happens. This is one of those things where um, I don't think that I ever want to ever experience in any of our lifetimes. So I don't think we'll ever experience this in our lifetime. Let's hope. Because if we, if we have to do this again, we'll, we'll, we'll be 50, 60 plus, 70 plus. I think also, this is going to change culture. Because if you look at culture before this pandemic, everyone
everyone cared about their social image and their Instagram pictures and their TikToks and, and they need the, the cool clothes and the nice car. But now we live in a time where everybody sees the things that truly matter, your health and your family and your financials, you know, to make sure you're okay if something like this does happen. I think we're going to see a change, a big change in our culture going forward where the, the priorities are going to change. You know, things actually, health, wellness, yeah. and family, and, and different things that actually matter are going to be put up the list opposed to the... That is a great that point. That is a and 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 prices are gonna have to go up because people are gonna gonna have to get their money back. So yeah. so so if 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 oh, yeah. gas was now two fifty a gallon, that's just gonna be five. Well, I have a question for you both, and I want to see if you can answer it. Do you know when the sport of basketball was created? When? Yeah. Um. Was it in the? Was it in like the late? Early 1920s? The basketball was created during the Great Depression. Really? Oh. Some, some of the most, some of the biggest things to ever happen in this world were created in the, the, great, the great Depression. And I think we're going to see a lot of big things come from this because you have to think. Like what? People who are out of work, people who, who you know, they just lost their job and they have no idea what to do. This is one thing a time could... where people capitalize. I know, think I'm, trying to do it now. I'm trying to capitalize. This is a time where content, everything is going to be content driven. Everything is going to be online. You can't go is, to a sporting event. Is, you can't go, you know, to a show. You're going to see that all online which, now. So this is when which you is why, which is why, which makes me have an idea. But this actually makes me have an idea. And I'm going to run it by both of you. Like, this could be for our show and this could be for your show. Like, some content is so big. And I've actually got this inspiration from the Michael K show. Every, I, Don, like, Don LeGreco would make lists, right, of his top five when he took it to New York. I think that we should do our own list for top five, anything that we get our minds to. Like, for instance, hmm. I, like, for instance, I do hockey. So I could probably do, like, a top five hockey moment that could do wrestling, top five wrestling moments. Like, like top five wrestling moments that made you go, oh, my God. Yeah, or top five sport, like top five football moments that that shook your head, or top five heartbreaking moments you you witnessed. Yeah, I think so we should idea. do things like that. That's like that's that. a good idea. I think we should do that. I think we should do that for our show, and I think for your show, Joey, since you grab the wrestling angle. Which, by the way, if you don't subscribe, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, for, all, for all you wrestling fans um, you should do a since content is so big and I think this will actually put help our podcast and yours because content is so heavy right now with no sports it's important to give content and I think if you do that for your show I think you'll get a lot of content plus it sparks a debate it sparks talking well that's what we all gotta do man we, we all have to support each other you know, if we yeah. if we all support each other, we're gonna grow. We're gonna get your audience. You're gonna get ours. We're gonna get Julian and Bobby's. We're gonna get et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what if if if, if we can't do it for us, who who else yeah. is gonna do it? Well, that's what I did and with my pre-show this weekend. I did for WrestleMania because every wrestling show, every uh, there's a there's a wrestling pay-per-view every month, and what I do is. I do a pre-show on you, a live pre-show on YouTube where I kind of give the predictions of who I think is going to win, what I think is going to happen, blah blah blah. 
Um, usually for that, I have on Bobby or somebody else to kind of go back and forth with me. Can't do that anymore. You can't be in with people. We're, we have to do what we're doing right now over the phone or Skyping. So that's what I did for my show. I did an hour and a half, almost two-hour show. James was on there, Skyping in. Yep. Different people, different fans. Uh, I'm going to have different wrestlers on my show. I already have uh, some, some superstars lined up that are going to be Ooh. Uh, I'm going to be Skyping with. They're going to be on my show to talk about, you know, what they're doing now, now that they can't physically wrestle. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, this, this, this is a like, change. This, this is a... Like, this is a... Now, big, Joey, what's your timeline from, let's say, this is over June 20th? What's your timeline... Let's say all this is over June 20th, right? Yeah. What's your timeline before you start to go outside, uh, let's say, hang out, me, you, Julian, Bobby, etc., you know, do stuff with people? What What's your waiting period? Um, honestly, I don't know. Because, say if, if the government tells us, okay, uh, May 1st, you guys can leave the house. Right, I I don't know if I I don't know if I believe that. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. What's your waiting period? Another three weeks? Another month? Um, I would probably I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. From what I know, I'm probably not gonna start going out until probably the fall. Okay. Oh, nothing. Nothing. No person. Oh, of course, of course. Is, is worth my 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 health. In my life, I agree. You know, yeah, I, I, if you have FOMO and you're missing out, you you have the fear of missing out on something, and you know it's not worth your life. Stay home. Well, that's a problem, man. That's why people would do it because I'm sure right now, if we were to put a poll up, okay, things are back to normal. Yankees are back in Yankee Stadium June first. I bet you ninety percent of Twitter would buy the first batch of Yankee. And of they course. would have no problem sitting with forty-five to 50,000 people. Of course, as soon as this is over, everything goes back to normal. People are going to, it's going to be like a 10-second Tom. Like they're going to forget everything that just happened. <laughs> it's going to go back to normal. <laughs> for me, I'm going to, for me, if, if, let's just say, June 27th, okay, shutdown's over, the virus is contained, life is going back to normal. I'm, I'm not going to go immediately. I'm just going to wait. Like, if, if, like, the only, like, if I have to wait till August, because August is when I'm supposed to go away, then I'll wait till August. Yeah. I, I will wait because the first, thing I'll, the first thing I'll do is see my family. Of course. Oh, absolutely. I had a, I, I was supposed to be in Italy in May. We had a, we had a, uh, 11 day Italy cruise to Europe. <laughs> I got canceled. Italy is beautiful, man. When you go, you will love it. I've never been, and I'm Italian. And my, my mom's Italian, so we're going to go. You know, the whole family going to go, but can't do that anymore. But if you look at what's happened before, we've never had anything like this before. The worst thing I could possibly say that's happened to our country other than this was 9-11, where we lost 3,000 people. Now, yeah. look, look back to 9-11, if you can remember. When did people start flying again? When did people start going into New York City? How long did it take them after it happened? 
to recover, to, to, to go back to normal life. Yeah. How long it took people to get over the fear of planes? Yeah. And there's people yeah. that are still scared. I'm still scared sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. Some days, like I, 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 even me, I get, I, I get scared too, because I'm just like, uh, I, all I pray is like, please don't play, please, please. I get anxiety on planes because of it. Yeah, and you never know. Well, I remember for for me and my family, because at that time we we were jumping on planes like every couple of weeks for trips and whatnot and family stuff. Uh, my my mom didn't book a trip. Till maybe midsummer, she was she was that worried. We wouldn't even fly private. She was just staying away from planes. And then uh, we we had to do a family function that we couldn't get out of. And then after that, she just got back to normal. But uh, I I guess it's different for everybody. Like if if you had someone in your family, a grandma, a grandpa, or someone who died from the virus. You're going to see it differently. If you wasn't affected, you're probably going to be that stupid and not think it, it can affect you. So you'll probably go back yeah, to normal. Yeah, people have it. We have, by the way, we have the highest number of cases throughout the entire world. Every country. We have the most. And yeah. there are so many people who have it where if it keeps going up, even right now. It's going to be a point where you're going to, where every single person is going to know at least one person who was affected by it. Yeah. I know people. I know people who have had it and, and who are battling it. And I also know a few people who lost their lives already from it. Wow. Were they close to you? It's in our backyards. No, they, they weren't related to me or anything. It was uh, just work people and stuff like that. And, but Old? Young? Uh, one was 42. Jesus Christ. Uh, but I think the most important thing for this thing, for the time being, from the our house, is A, being there for each other. And that's what we're all in. Oh, doing. absolutely. B, the other thing, and I'm going to keep saying this, is like you said, Joey, this is a prime, exa- uh, uh, this is a prime opportunity for content. And I'm serious. Do a top five list. It doesn't have to be every day. But once in a while, I think a top five list will spark debate. It'll spark debate, it'll spark interest, and I think people will get people talking. Plus, it'll keep people away from distracting. Like, like if I said, to, if I said um, name me your top five favorite football players, we can go back and forth. Right. Or, like we said, top five favorite wrestlers, we can go back and forth. They can go after, like, you know, or top five worst matches. That's the content. So you gotta find ways to create to make content. Like just because sports are shut down doesn't mean content is shut down. Well, there's two ways to grow in our business, and by business I mean podcasts and sports and things like that. One is you need to have engaging content where people are gonna look at your stuff. They're wow, you know, they're gonna comment back, they're gonna share it, they're gonna like it, they're gonna talk about whatever. Two, working together with other other podcasts, basically. Yeah. That's what that's what that's what me and my boy do. This is what me and Nick do. This is that's, that's our thing. That is our thing. We we that's why we work with Julia. We work with Bobby. We have you every we day. I probably DM ten to twenty people. Just podcast talk. 
whether to whether whether to get them on the podcast, talk about a topic, what podcast they listen to, and even right now, I'm I'm listening to six different podcasts myself. See, like he, his DM game is more certain. But if you have an open DM, he's sliding in. Yeah, I have no my shame. My show, my show, I have, I do it once a week, uh, towards the middle of the week usually. And right now, I have the next, let's see, uh, four, four months lined up of, of people who are going to be on because I have different podcasts I'm working with, different people uh, in the wrestling industry. Like I said, wrestlers. And if I have one person on a week, I have near, I have four months already lined up. That's wonderful. Of people to come on and do exactly what we're doing now. Fans, wrestlers, people who are associated to the business, uh, everything. It's the way you got to be, man. But I will say this, Joey. You are probably one of the best, and I'm glad to talk wrestling because, see, unfortunately, it took it takes a quarantine to talk wrestling. <laughs> yeah, man, it takes a like it takes a quarantine to talk wrestling, but we're finally talking wrestling. But Joey, as always, I'm glad I'm able to help you. I'm glad you're able to help us. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, again, open invitation, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be on and. Uh, Whenever you guys want to come on my show, I know Nick, you don't really talk wrestling, but you know you can come on and you know I I, I can talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah man, I see it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think I think, I think, I think Nick's high on Becky. <laughs> Well, well, last year I worked last year's WrestleMania, and uh, originally I thought. I thought Rousey was gonna bust ass and win it all, and then once yeah, Becky I heard, I won, heard that on your last show. yeah, but, about how you were. once Becky won, yeah. it kind of got me into it a little bit. So yeah. she's the man. She's the man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's almost twelve o'clock at night. I'm I'm sure you guys are tired, and uh, we'll we'll have to it's do this again. Out, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Doors always open. Maybe you guys want to of talk. Of course. Thanks, man. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. You too. Well, guys, that was a great Joey Carney. Uh, he's he's a good man. Me and James met him at Julian Super Bowl party, and uh, it's just been one of those guys where if it wasn't for Twitter, we wouldn't ever known him in life. And that's that's the good part about social media, man. As horrible as it can make some people out to be, it brings a lot of smart people together. So that's the one good thing I love about social media. And guys, um, as I said earlier, um, please take this virus seriously, man. It don't. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, your age, your ethnicity. Stay at home. If you have to get groceries, make sure you're smart about it. Don't do anything rash. Please stay home. Stop taking this virus as a joke. It will. It, it, it has affected my life. It'll affect your other people's too. Please take this seriously, man. Please stay at home. Abs- absolutely. So, That's the only time I'm stepping outside my house right now. Every two or three days just to go to the store. When I go to the store, 
I'm stacking up buying 10 to 15 bags of chips. I'm buying milk. I'm buying cold cuts. I'm buying chickens. Um, I've, I've been probably spending 175 to $230 a week just on food. And that's just so I don't have to leave my house. Like I bought, I, I bought two weeks worth of bagels last week. I still have seven bagels left. So I probably wouldn't have to go get more till next week. And the people who aren't taking this seriously, you know what? If you have to get it, or if someone has to, God forbid, die that, that you're close to, to understand, you know what? Then maybe that needs to happen. And, and please, for all the people who wear ridiculous paper bags on their heads, stop doing that. And the other day, I saw a lady wearing a mask, but the mask wasn't on. It was under her chin. What's the point of that? What? Sure, your chin is safe, but your chin is not what you're breathing from. What is the point of that? I see people holding hands. I see people rubbing against each other. Do you not know what social distancing means? If me and James were walking down the block, that's fine. But one of us would either be in front of each other talking, or we'd be side to side, not not against each other, but far apart. That is fine. It is okay to chill with people, but not not in the same area. Chill over Skype. If if one wants to be on the steps and another wants to be further from the steps if you need to do that that's fine if you need to talk from from window to street that's fine there's these things called cell phones call a friend man spend two three hours on the phone have laughs but for all the people that are just staying outside just to stay outside i don't understand what 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 are you expecting to accomplish yeah i i agree i totally agree but guys it is getting late. This has been another great edition of Sports News. Joey, again, thank you for coming on. One We appreciate it. We'll be back real soon. We'll give you guys more content. There's, I think there's about 16 days left until the first ever virtual NFL draft. So draft day is going to get closer. We're going to be talking more about the draft real soon. Um, and my brother, as always, Thank you for your kind words for me and my family. I appreciate you. And You're a brother, you man. I got I got to look out for my guy. And thank you, everyone on Twitter, for supporting me, supporting my family. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of support. I, I appreciate it. Oh, and it's 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 still their birthday. One one of them had been on our podcast, Eric. Happy birthday, my brother, and Emily. She she's a ball buster on Twitter. If you don't follow M, she does it. I really don't know what you're doing with your life. She just started her brand new own podcast. She's busting balls, kicking ass, taking names. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will listen to it. And these are two very good Twitter people. And happy birthday to both of you. And we we didn't mention it the other day. And I kind of want to punch myself in the face for not mentioning it, but. The other day, one of the biggest sports athletes in the world has passed away, and that's the great Al Kaline, Detroit Tiger legend. So it sucks he was like 83, 84 something years old, and he passed away. So 2020, 
listen, you need to get your ass bullied, get yourself in a locker, and never come back. Because you suck ass, man. You do. Um, but, uh, yep, as always, 2020, your balls, your, your trash, your awful. And Joey already got us out, the Angle Podcast. Shout out Sports yeah. Dudes for having me on their podcast to talk wrestling. Anyone looking for any, for anything sports related, check them out. Joey, we love you. We appreciate you. You're our brother. Thank you again so much. Guys, thank you again for all the kind words you showed to me and my family. I greatly appreciate it. My brother, man, thank you so much your kind words and guys thank you if you're not if you're not if you're not wrestling if you're a wrestling fan follow the angle podcast if you're not so what the hell are you doing and emily and eric happy birthday guys you know and we'll be back real soon and guys take this virus seriously have a good night y'all we'll see you again real soon take care bud